This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Engineer from anywhere. Perform tests from your office, lab, or living room. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, we have you covered. Our hardware and software is trusted all over the world. Global company headquartered in Troy, Michigan. Intrepid Control Systems. Well, if you're just crawling out from under that rock, the all-new Ford Bronco two-door, four-door, and Sport debuted yesterday. Let's start out by looking at the entry into the brand, the Bronco Sport. Call it the baby Bronco, if you will, but the Sport has similar styling to its larger siblings and comes standard with four-wheel drive. Under the hood will be the choice of a one-and-a-half-liter EcoBoost engine that will put out roughly 180 horsepower or a two-liter turbo that is targeting 245 horsepower. Those numbers are with premium fuel, and both engines are mated to an eight-speed automatic. The interior has a rugged look, with boxy shapes around the air vents and instrument cluster, and an eight-inch touchscreen sits high in the middle of the dash. While the Sport is the more road-going version of the Broncos, it's still quite off-road capable. It features seven terrain modes, twin-clutch rear-drive unit with a differential lock feature, unique shock tuning, off-road cruise control, and up to 29-inch tires. One of the biggest differences between the Broncos is suspension setup. The Bronco Sport has independent suspension front and rear, while the two- and four-door models have Dana 44 solid rear axles and independent front suspension. Both front and rear on those are available with locking differentials. The larger Broncos also have seven terrain modes and off-road cruise control, but come with two 4x4 systems as well. The base system utilizes a two-speed electronic transfer case, while the optional system features a two-speed electromechanical transfer case that can automatically switch between two high and four high. Other off-road goodies include trail turn assist, one pedal braking and accelerating, underbody skid plates, and up to 33 and a half inch tires. Again, two engines are available, a 2.3 liter turbo that is projected to produce 270 horsepower and a 2.7 liter EcoBoost producing about 310 horsepower. A seven speed manual and 10 speed automatic are available to send power to the four wheel drive system. The boxy shapes of the interior give it a classic vibe but modern material switchgear in either an 8- or 12-inch center display help blend it into the 21st century. The new Broncos arrive at dealerships later this year, and potential buyers can plunk down $100 right now to reserve one. Pricing for the Bronco Sport will start at just over $28,000, while the larger Bronco will start just below thirty dollars And here's Jeep's attempt to steal some spotlight away from the Bronco. It revealed the teaser that we showed in yesterday's show, the Wrangler Rubicon 392 concept. Engineers needed to upgrade the engine mounts and modify the frame to shoehorn the 6.4-liter V8 under the hood, as well as beef up the 8-speed transmission. But the results are 450 horsepower and 450 pound-feet of torque and a Wrangler that will do 0 to 60 in under 5 seconds. Other upgrades include Dana 44 axles, two-speed transfer case, electronic front and rear lockers, a two-inch lift kit, and 37-inch mud tires. Jeep says, quote, 
Enthusiasts have been clamoring for a V8-powered production Wrangler, and this is an indication they may soon get their wish. As Cadillac transitions into an all-electric brand, it's going to rename all its vehicles. The website GM Authority reports that Cadillac is going to drop the CT and XT letters from its naming structure and will rename all of them so they end with the letters IQ, pronounced IC. The first will be the electric Cadillac SUV called the Lyric, and it's coming out with a hand-built luxury car which will be called the Celestic. And make sure you pronounce it right. It's not Celestique, it's Celestic. There you go. Now you're as fully confused about Cadillac's naming structure again, just as we are. The Hyundai Group has some pretty ambitious goals for the EV segment. Together with Kia and Genesis, it set a target of selling 1 million EVs by 2025 and take 10% of the global market for electric cars. That would include fuel cell cars, as well as battery electrics. BMW pulled the wraps off its latest electric model, the iX3. And this is not a dedicated EV, just an electric version of the X3 that also offers gasoline and diesel engines. It's made at BMW's assembly plant in Shenyang, China, and will be the first BMW to be exported from there. BMW claims it increased the power density of the electric drive system by 30%, and density of the battery cells by 20%. With an 80 kilowatt hour battery pack, the iX3 delivers 460 kilometers of range or about 285 miles on the WLTP test. Even so, the iX3 uses 19.5 to 18.5 kilowatt hours per 100 kilometers. That works out to roughly three miles of range per kilowatt hour versus nearly four miles for a Tesla Model 3. And that's the disadvantage of having an electric car that does not use a dedicated EV platform. Well, Daimler is worried enough about people selling counterfeit parts for its vehicles that it formed the Intellectual Property Enforcement Unit to hunt down and work with law enforcement to stop the sale of illegal parts. Get this, last year, more than 1.6 million fake Daimler products were confiscated. Many of them were safety-related parts, like brakes, wheels, and windshields, which could affect vehicle performance. And it is a bigger market than you might expect. Some estimate that more than $509 billion is spent every year on counterfeit spare parts. And in some cases, the margins are better than selling illegal drugs. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires, your journey, our passion, and by Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. As cars become more connected, there's an opportunity for the auto industry to monetize all the data flowing in and out of cars. The business model in the industry is changing from transactional to relational. What does that mean? Well, Ford had one of those aha moments when it paid a visit to Microsoft, as Hao Tai Tang, the head of product development at Ford, told us on Autoline After Hours. The light bulb went off for me when, we, in the early days of Jim's tenure, he took us on a trip to do some benchmark, and we went to Microsoft, and we met with 
Satya Nadella, the, the CEO of Microsoft and his leadership team. And in the conversation, Satya said to us, he said, did you know that Google makes more money on every PC than Microsoft does? And we, we kind of shook our head. We, we you know, intellectually, we, we understood. He said, no, no, you, you don't understand the significance of that. He said, what it really meant is the business model has changed from a transaction model, right? He said the Microsoft that Bill Gates founded, that Steve Ballmer ran, that I inherited, our premise was we would sell the operating system on the PC, Microsoft Windows, and the Microsoft Office Suite. And he said, that's how we organize ourselves. That's how we measure our success. He said, but as soon as a customer buys that PC, goes home, fires up Windows, gets on the internet using you know, Microsoft Explorer, he said, every time they would do a search, Google would monetize the ad traffic. And for the life of that device, they would actually make more money than Microsoft. He said, so the learning for you guys is the business model changes from a transaction model. You buy a truck and we hope you come back in six years and buy another one to now you have a continuous relationship with that customer. You're able to provide them with enhanced value and then you can, you know, you can monetize that. So for us, this is a huge investment and it's going to be game changing in terms of what we'll be able to do for our customers, but also it, it represents a shift in the business model for us. And be sure to join us this Thursday on AutoLine After Hours when our guest will be Trevor Paul, the Chief Mobility Officer for the state of Michigan. In light of the COVID-19 pandemic, car buyers want vehicles that will protect them from the virus. That's the conclusion of a new survey from IHS Market. It asked 800 consumers in the U.S., China, Germany, Italy, and Japan whether they want antimicrobial coatings in their next vehicle and 54% said they were very interested or interested in having that type of protection. The most common areas consumers want coated are the door handles, steering wheels, seats, touchscreen display, and center console. Nearly half of the respondents said they would be willing to pay more than $100 for antimicrobial coatings. The survey also asked about ride sharing, and 25% said they would not use it after the COVID-19 pandemic, and about 50% said they still would, but not as frequently. But here's another solution to keep your car clean. Nuvin Air Global is launching an EPA-approved disinfectant spray specifically for vehicle interiors that kills 99.9% .9 of germs, bacteria, and viruses, including COVID-19. Called ReCleanseX, the company says it doesn't contain any harsh chemicals, sticky residue, or volatile organic compounds, so it won't damage any surfaces and there's no chemical smell. And in related news, Rolls-Royce is coming out with a new air filtration system that it claims will make its vehicles the cleanest interiors of any car. Sensors in the vehicle detect ambient air quality, which automatically switch fresh air intakes to a recirculation mode if high levels of contaminants are detected. This channels all cabin air through a nano-fleece filter, which removes all ultrafine particles, bacteria, and viruses from the interior in less than two minutes. In the future, owners will be able to turn on this function with an app before they get in the car. The air filtration system debuts in the new Ghost, which launches this fall. 
But that wraps up today's show. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again tomorrow.